Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast because I never do that. My promise is to bring it for each and every one of you every single episode. If you ever feel like I don't, Call me out on it on social media at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker Pod. Email me over at RossTucker.com or Ross at RossTucker.com. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings, and we are talking quarterback tiers with Mike Sando from The Athletic today. He has the best, most logical, most comprehensive, best sourced quarterback rankings in the biz period period we'll get into that momentarily i love it i think this is almost an annual thing to get mike on the show right when as training cams open right after his article posts you need to read it it's worth it i'm a huge fan by the way of the athletic i don't like all the pop-up ads and video just let me read okay just let me read what mike wrote that's what i'll pay that whatever it is a month to not have to deal with all the other crap Little commercial for the athletic they didn't even pay for right there. We will have Greg Cosell, a little more quarterback talk tomorrow here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And I'm going to announce some winners. So spread the word today. I didn't pick a winner yet. Spread the word via social media. Quote, tweet, retweet, anything you want to do. Sponsors, take advantage of Express Clothing, Athletic Greens, Yummy, whatever it is, UFOs. And then the YouTube shout-out, which I love, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. More and more people really enjoying watching and listening to the show on YouTube. You can just put it on your laptop while you're doing other work or whatever, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Big fantasy feast today with Joe Dolan continuing his tears of Dolan, uh, which are huge for fantasy football purposes. It's big show time. Show. As promised, I say it every time, by the way. I got to come up with something new. Every time I go to the guest, I say, as promised. We got my buddy Mike Sando from The Athletic. Uh, Mike, huge fan. You know this. I think I say this to you every year, but just an unbelievable job you do. This is like your baby, isn't it? 
It is. It's really a labor of love, Russ. Every year I'm standing at the base of that hill before I've started going, wow, how the hell am I going to do this? You know, we're getting into the, you can't really start until after the draft because you, you need to know where everyone's going to be, right? Or who's even going to be a starter. And then it goes fast. The ascent goes fast. Pretty soon I'm done and I go, wow, that I, I finished. Yeah, you always have that feeling like, am I going to be able to do this? And, and we get it done and have a lot of fun. Mike is at Sando NFL on Twitter. He has 98,000 followers. I would love if people stepped up, follow at Sando NFL. Let's see if we can get him to 100K. That is a really, really cool milestone. And with the work that Mike put in, he deserves it. What I love about your poll, Mike, is a couple things. Number one, that they are grouped into tiers because I do think that there are different tiers and that's a better way to go about it. And you actually describe the tiers, which I'll let you do. By the way, everybody needs to read the article, but I know some of you are still too cheap and you'll never, ever, 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 ever pay for internet content, which by the way, you're paying with the annoyance of your life and time by having to click out of all those videos and pop-up ads. That's a whole other thing about time versus money. We can get into that at some point. The other thing is no one has the same contacts and research to this extent that you do, Mike, which is the best way to do it because anybody's one opinion is great, but it's one person's opinion. You pretty much get as close to a consensus as where we're going to get. So let's start with that. Who exactly, I know you're not going to give names because it's uh, anonymity, but who exactly do you poll and how yeah. do you go about polling them? Uh, well, it'll it'll usually shake out about like this, but this year uh, there's six GMs, there's eight head coaches, there's 10, I just put in an evaluator bucket that it could be a pro personnel director or player personnel director. I have 12 coordinators, there's six quarterback coaches, there's seven other execs that are, they might be in salary cap or analytics or whatever. And I didn't come out with those numbers at the beginning to hit. I just know a lot of people in the NFL and you can't get everybody in every year. My vacation schedule may not line up with a coordinators and we may play phone tag or whatever, but I do have enough uh, relationships and people enjoy it. And I really, I've learned, you know, I didn't come up with the tears really. I mean, I learned it sort of organically by uh, really trying to drill down and talk to the people that I know in the NFL about what they think is important at the position. And so, uh, you know, that has been the biggest part of growth for me um, throughout this. And and then, you know, some people I might get on the phone right away. Other people may, you know, send me a screenshot of a ballot. You know, somebody might call me, uh, email me, whatever. But I try to talk to as many of them as of the 50 as I can in a given year and just have really robust discussions and drill down on, wait a minute, you know, why do you, what are you thinking here? Cause there are just totally outlier votes. You know, if you just talk to one person, you would have a bad, it might not be good because you might talk to that one guy who had Patrick Mahomes in tier two. Well, we don't want him in tier two. He's clearly tier one, but we want to know why he thought that, right? That's the interesting part of it. It doesn't invalidate his opinion. So I go through that whole process of tons of conversations just trying to learn. And in the end, I try to put it all together in a way that is entertaining, but I try to be fair too. Let's describe the tiers, Mike, because yeah. I thought you said something very interesting there, 
which is you've kind of learned the tears, which is which yeah. I think is fantastic because it's a different way of categorizing NFL quarterbacks. So you have five tiers if you want to just describe them, because yeah. I think that that's a very interesting part of it. Yeah, so tier one's the best, tier five's the worst. And basically, the closer you are to tier one, the less uh, support you need theoretically to be successful or your team to be successful. Everybody needs a baseline level of support, right? If I went out and lined up with Aaron Rodgers, they wouldn't win a game. But uh, we assume you have a some kind of a baseline level. So tier one can carry his team each week. Uh, the team wins because of him. And then this is sort of the interesting part of it. Expertly handles peer pass situations, Russ, because as you know, as a player, there's certain points in the game when our play action game or our, our, our complicated uh, run game isn't going to be there. It's going to come down to, hey, can my quarterback throw to win the game, right? You've, everyone's been in those games, and that's when it doesn't look as good uh, for somebody in Tier 3, right, as it does to Tier 1. So Tier 2 is just, you know, you can carry your team sometimes. You might handle those pure pass situations in doses, uh, and you might have some other special attributes that could elevate you above Tier 3, but you're going to have a hole or two in your game. I feel like if you're in the top two tiers, your team's probably not trying to replace you, okay? Uh, tier 3 is still a legitimate starter. You know, I think years ago, Andy Dalton was a good pro quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Kirk Cousins, they're, they're really good pro quarterbacks. You might pay them, but ideally, you might have a little bit heavier run game, a little bit better defensive component to win. Uh, you don't want to have them in a high-volume drop-back game, Dan Foutzing it out there, right? They're still good. Tier 4 is basically, you know, maybe the journeyman guy who might start the season as the starter but wouldn't go the distance. You might think of Ryan Fitzpatrick in recent years. You know, good, but not your guy long-term. Or a 4 could be, hey, after Patrick Mahomes' first year, he'd only started one game. He's in the poll Let's just four him, put a four on him because we haven't seen enough, even if we like him more than that. And tier five, there's almost no one in tier five. We had one this year uh, in Geno Smith, and there's no one who doesn't like Geno Smith. It's just, hey, that's not really a starter. We don't think that somebody should be in the mix. Who are the new guys this year in tier one? Because that's always the thing that gets people most excited. I'm not going to, by the way, I mean, I, maybe yeah. I will just – for uh, the benefit of it, but I highly encourage everybody to read the article because you got to see the quotes from yeah. the people that Mike polled. But tier one, he's got Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh, and those are the six guys in tier one. I I I, I think Burrow and Herbert. Are the two new guys in tier one? Is that right, Mike? Uh, Josh Allen also, because Josh had a couple of up and down years to start his career and then had a really good year. And people sort of put him at the top of tier two going into last year with some debate. But he showed it again with a, another really good year that, you know, he wasn't having those meltdown games like he'd had before. So he ascended into tier one this year also. OK, Mike. Now, look, I know you're not the one doing the evaluation, but are we sure that Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are tier one? Because I do think it's interesting to see those guys ranked ahead of Super Bowl winning quarterback Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell Wilson, 
Deshaun Watson, et cetera. Yeah. Herbert has yet to take his team to the postseason. And I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. To me, it feels like a small sample size to be convinced that he's definitely a tier one guy. Just curious your thoughts on those two guys and what the feedback was that you got. I agree with you that I would have no problem if they weren't the top of two and people said, look, we want to see it again. I think Herbert, uh, you're right, he's 15 and 17 as a starter. Uh, but I think with both of those guys, no one in the league sees a fatal flaw or any reason why they're not going to be. I think with some of the other ones, you know, Josh Allen early in his career, you wondered. I mean, he was kind of all over the place, right? I mean, he, he didn't really have control of his game. Justin Herbert has come out and been the best player on the field for two years in a row. By the way, two different coaching staffs. People who have seen him have come away with a visceral reaction, like, wow, I knew this kid was talented, but he was kind of making a mockery of us out there. So I agree it's a little early, but that shows the confidence they have in him because this group of people, these voters, they do not anoint at all. Uh, Joe Burrow was somebody after his rookie year. Uh, he was in, I think, the bottom of tier two after a rookie year in which he tore his ACL and got, you know, had a very bad losing record. But people who played him were like, oh, my gosh, the guy, the defensive lineman, the guys were coming back to the sideline going, this is a real guy. So that shows an unusual amount of confidence in two players that I agree with you. Ideally, would have either a little more team success for Burrow or for Herbert, who has really had bad defense, special teams component. That's really the reason. And then uh, Burrow, who, like you said, he's had one one good year. Like, would it surprise you this year if Burrow had a, a big interception year or right? You know, would it surprise you if he sort of came in next year at the top of tier two? Um, I think it is it is early, but that shows you the confidence. What were some of the other big changes this year, if there were any, in terms of quarterback movement, guys switching tiers? Yeah. So uh, Alan Herbert Burrow moved up a tier. Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson moved down a tier. I think Watson, for obvious reasons, I don't think the opinion on him as a player has changed. It's just, geez, you know, he missed a year. Where's his mind at? Is he even going to play? Uh, you know, that sort of thing. And then Russell Wilson has had a year and a half that weren't quite as good. And I think there's some debate or curiosity. Hey, was this just the end of a bad marriage? And he just not going through the motions, but you know what I mean? Didn't have the same sizzle or the same excitement that he brought to the job before. Or are we seeing the start of a decline of a player who, even at his best, was reliant to some degree on the play action, the running game, early in his career, had a great defense. I think this is a big time in his career to to maybe go try to prove that. But he he's come down. He Wilson was unanimous tier one two years ago, so he's come down. Uh, Derek Carr moved up uh, from three to two. I think there's been... Uh, you know, he fought early in his career with the perception that he wouldn't stand in there, that he wasn't the toughest guy, that he maybe wasn't the best leader, that sometimes he might throw the ball away in a critical fourth down late in the game. And you're going, what are, what are we doing here? But I think he's earned some respect over the last couple of years, certainly this last year, weathering the John Gruden situation, the Henry Ruggs tragedy, and getting that team to the playoffs and just conducting himself in a manner that was admirable. So he moved up. Tannehill kind of came down a little bit. Uh, Jalen Hurts and moved up into tier three. And then I think Winston was just on that three, four border, Jameis Winston. So he moves into three, but I don't think opinions of him have shifted dramatically. He just showed a little bit better, um, you know, production last season while he was healthy. 
Stafford, uh, tier two is Stafford, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Then you get into Lamar Jackson at 10, Dak Prescott at 11, Derek Carr at 12, Kyler Murray at 13, Matt Ryan at 14, and then you get into Kirk Cousins at 15. He's the top of tier three. Yeah. Um, what kind of feedback did you get on Kyler Murray? Because he's obviously in the news this week. I'm going to talk in a little bit about the contract term. Did any of the evaluators or coaches say anything to you, Mike, that – because I know you got these quotes before Kyler's contract or whatever, but did anybody say anything that would indicate that perhaps his level of preparation oh, wasn't yeah. where it should be? Absolutely. And you can kind of read between the lines probably over the last couple of years on some of the quotes that I've used in there. I think one person said, you know, something along the lines of a little bit more of a wide receiver, individualistic uh, mentality than you would normally have for a quarterback. Uh, the the stuff, you know, at the same time, you need to be fair to who you're talking about. So I've had a lot of conversations with people in the league that line up exactly with, hey, if you had to pick one quarterback in the league who might have to have a clause to really grind and put in the work on it. That's who I would have picked that it was, but you're obviously measured in what you use um, in the piece to, to be fair. But I, uh, and so we, we were, but I think that it's not a surprise at all. I mean, it's a surprise that anyone would have that in their contract, but if there was one quarterback in the league, let's just say who'd been in the league for a year or two and was perceived to be a viable, good quarterback who would have that, I would have guessed Kyler Murray for sure. And people in the league would have too. Uh, yes, I. From what I've heard, and I'll get into this. Um, I would have, as well. Any other uh, surprises in your mind, Mike? I mean, I, obviously you're compiling lists, so maybe not. But guys that were higher or lower than you anticipated. So the, one of the things that I look for in somebody who is a young player who hasn't played enough, maybe they just had one year, especially if they were an early draft pick is a little bit of the wow factor. You know, like I said, Burrow after his rookie year, people were like, hey, I don't care if what his record was. This guy was real, right? Or uh, you can remember Andrew Luck early in his career. Of course, they did win. But wow, you know, there's a wow factor. I thought for uh, some of the young guys, and let's just lead it off with Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, nobody was saying they were going to be terrible. But you, I didn't pick up on the, hey, I know it was a mess in Jacksonville, Urban Meyer situation. Look, give Trevor Lawrence a mulligan, but man, there's three or four plays in that game where I just said, wow, I didn't get that. Didn't get that sort of feedback. Doesn't mean he's not going to be an excellent player, but I didn't get the commentary on Trevor Lawrence about his ceiling that you might hope for, uh, for a young player. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. Um, what about fan feedback, Mike? Yeah. What's the, uh, were there any, any rankings? I mean, look, obviously fans, Devour list. They're always going to disagree. Were there any that the fans really jumped on and had a had a big time problem with? Well, yes. uh, But some of that is because when you do a piece like this, people will take out of context a comment that was made in it. And I think for sure this year, that was Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson actually got a better average tier vote this year than last year. He's highly regarded in the league. Uh, People do respect him. The issue that the people in the league have is when you're describing tier one, there is that component of expertly handles pure pass situations, right? 
And that is a deal breaker for people in the league. Most people in the league, like, I don't care how great you are in other areas. If you can't do that, that's a limitation that could hold you back in the playoffs. That could hold you back against a top team that has a great defensive plan that week. They can reduce the game to you having to throw the ball. That is the only reason why Lamar Jackson, as great as he is, is not in tier one as a quarterback. So I had a bunch of context and quotes in the piece, but one of them was talking about exactly that. Hey, Without the pure pass component and being better at that, I don't care if he wins 12 MVPs. It's You can't put him in tier one. Well, somebody, it was ESPN or social media or somebody put out just that one part of the quote. I don't care if he wins 12 MVPs. He's not tier one. Well, if you're just re- drinking your morning coffee and you see that, you go, God, that's a jerk saying that. What are they saying about Lamar Jackson? That, you know, don't they like him? And they do. But it's really in the context of, what do you have to be to be tier one? And I do think that pure pass component is part of it uh, to, to be in there and really be able to take your team um, all the way as consistently. Right. And by the way, you know, Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson aren't tier one either. So that's not like uh, a huge knock to not be a tier one quarterback. Right. But, but, you know, Lamar being the MVP and sometimes when you watch the game, you're like, oh, this is the best player on the field. So you, but you say, well, wait, why isn't that tier one? And I think that's it's the pass component of it. Everybody in the league pretty much agrees that he's, uh, you know, a great runner and a good but not great passer. He's not the, the top tier of the passer. So that's always a dilemma, you know, when somebody has those those components. Do you put them all the way up in tier one? How good would you have to be? Uh, if certainly if they win the Super Bowl, do you just put them in tier one anyway? Uh, you might. They haven't been able to do that. He hasn't had as good of a time in the playoffs when he's had to throw the ball, and that's the next step for him and them, their offense too. It's not just him. Last question, Mike. Who are the guys that have a chance or an opportunity? I guess any of them could be in this category, but have a real opportunity to move up a tier or two in your mind or in the mind of the people that you polled? Yeah, I think, you know, certainly if Stafford were to do it again or make another deep run, there's there's just so much body of work on there that people aren't going to just completely change overnight. He had great support from the Rams. Their defense was lights out. But I, I think certainly if they were to keep doing that, you know, he may inch over the line. For sure, Russell Wilson and Watson. I mean, they, they've both been in Tier 1 before. Uh, per, perception of a little bit of decline and certainly of production for Wilson. So those are two guys that aren't at the end of the road. Um the rest of them, I, we talked about Lamar. I mean, I think we know what he has to do. I don't feel like the bottom of tier two has somebody. And really, as you get down towards the, you know, into tier three and tier four, I think tier three, someone was joking with me, that's sort of the heavy play action group, right? You know, that's the Garoppolo, Cousins, Tannehill, you know, you Baker Mayfield. You, you don't want to put it on their shoulders. I don't think that changes. And of the young guys in tier four, I don't sense that. I don't sense, even if people like Justin Fields, they don't think he's going to be a one, right? Or, or Zach Wilson, even though it's early. So, you know, we may have... Uh, a good number of young tier ones that have filled in for the Drew Brees and Roethlisberger and Rivers exits, but I don't know that we have them down in tier three and four right now. Check him out on Twitter at Sando NFL. I'm hoping by tomorrow he's got a hundred thousand followers. If you guys can step up, Mike deserves it. Awesome. Awesome job, Mike. Thank you so much for the time again this year. Sure. Appreciate it, Ross. There he is. Mike Sando from the athletic Love his column. It is fantastic. 
just like I love Athletic Greens. I don't know many people that love eating vegetables. Uh, I put myself in that category, which is why I started taking Athletic Greens. I also felt like I'd rather drink uh, a drink like this than take another pill like a multivitamin. This is essentially 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that really helps you start your day right, which is what we all want to do, right? This is better than a multivitamin. And the founder was having gut health issues. And he was on all kinds of supplements to try to fix it. It was like $100 a day after Athletic Greens. His gut much better for less than $3 a day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Ross to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good morning, Ross. Let's start today with Kyler Murray. His contract, as you and Mike talked about, requires four hours of independent study every week. Obviously, the Cardinals not very convinced that he can do it on his own without that. This is not a big surprise to me that the Cardinals have a concern here. I had heard from people that his work ethic, the time he puts in away from the facility, was a major concern. Evidently, he is a big, big video game guy, like as big as you can get. And I would, you know, a lot of guys, these are young guys in their early 20s, mid 20s. A lot of them are into video games, but to the point where it's a concern, it, it was a concern. The interesting part, I think, about it is obviously the Cardinals felt compelled to put this in the contract. They had to know it was going to get out. So on some level, I guess it makes them look bad that they gave over $100 million fully guaranteed at signing to a guy that they don't really trust. On the other hand, maybe the reaction they've gotten or that's been received nationwide, maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they wanted Kyler Murray to be embarrassed by this. And to put a chip on his shoulder to prove that he can sustain a higher level of performance and really take it to another level throughout the year. It's fascinating. I mean, it, I've never even heard of this. It is going to be very interesting to see how Kyler Murray handles it with the media. I mean, he's going to have fans razzing him about this. It's going to be a challenge for him and the Cardinals organization. Ducks takes. Bears sign lineman Michael Schofield, but uh, Roquan Smith staying away as he awaits a new contract. Also, Bears sign Riley Reef to a one-year deal worth up to $12.5 million, uh, with $10 million likely to be earned. Right. So I think a couple things. One is 
I feel a lot better about the Bears' offensive line after this, right? I mean, to be able to get Schofield solid, I think he started like 80 games. Riley Reef is solid. They're not studs, but the Bears needed a couple more competent starters, right? They needed guys to go with Lucas Patrick, to go with Cody Whitehair that they felt good about. Now they can have the young guys learn at their own pace and have those other three guys compete for the other tackle spot, which I really like. Sounds like Roquan Smith ended up reporting but is not participating until he gets a new deal. Ducks takes. Joe Burrow goes under the knife, has an appendectomy, and also Chiefs. Wide receiver Justin Ross goes on IR. Well, if you're going to get an appendectomy, I guess the start of training camp is a good time to do it. So you miss out on, you know, the dog days of summer a little bit, but you will be have plenty of time before the season actually starts to be ready. So I think that's fine for Joe. As for Justin Ross, this this young man just can't catch a break. I mean, I, there's at this point no other way to describe it. We know about the neck issue. Now I guess he had a foot surgery and the foot surgery is why you know he's not able to participate um i guess the only good thing i would say for justin is he will be paid for this year if he's on ir for the whole season he'll get paid money for his football ability this season he'll have another shot next year which i like uh, almost as much, by the way, as I like the fact that you guys can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Just use promo code ROSS only at DraftKings Sportsbook to get that risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's amazing. But I'm sad for Justin Ross that he's hurt. I'm happy that he'll at least get some money this year out of his football ability because there was a chance he wasn't going to ever get a dollar. Several guys retired over the past couple of days, including Denzel Good from the Raiders, Danny Amendola, and Buster Screen. Also, Chris Carson retired due to a failed physical. Denzel Good, I think the Raiders were kind of counting on him to, to be a part of what they're doing, so that's a concern definitely from a depth standpoint for them. And potentially from a starter standpoint, Amendola, I think, is another guy that played 13 years. Been a lot of guys that played 13 years uh, retiring recently. Just an awesome career. I mean, you know, to be a little dude like that, just tough as nails. I remember when he was on Hard Knocks with the Cowboys and battled, found a way to get on their practice squad. Just so pumped for him. Chris Carson will get some money. Uh, he has a, a bad neck like I had, which ended my career. You know, now these guys in the latest CBA, they have injury protection benefit, which means if they're still under contract for the next year, they get up to $2 million of that contract for the next year if they can't play anymore. So Chris Carson will get $2 million this year, which is a really, really cool benefit that the players negotiated that doesn't get talked about enough and that we didn't have when I was playing. Now on to the guys who recently got signed. Let's talk about Bucks wide receiver Julio Jones. 
Giants, Nick Williams, Saints sign Nick Martin and Malcolm Brown. Dolphins sign Mohamed Sanu and the Cardinals sign D-tackle Robert Kimdiche. Right. This happens a lot this time of year. Teams don't want to sign guys until camp starts because why would you do that? Uh, but they have a need. You know, the Bucks wanted one more receiver. Giants need another D-tackle. Saints want interior O-line depth. Everybody has reasons for signing these guys at this point. And I think these guys want to sign, get in camp to make sure that they're on a roster, make sure that they're, frankly, for a bunch of them, on the opening day roster so that their salary is guaranteed, which makes a ton of sense. Speaking of a ton of sense, how about being able to get a shout-out for your business at the end of every show for $100 a month? That is insane, insane value, I can assure you. Ask some of the people that advertise on the show. The shout-outs go to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, and Evergreen Economics. Greg Cosell tomorrow. Check out Even Money yesterday. That was great with Chris Farley. Anyway, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.